Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. All right, welcome back into the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. I am your host, Darren Peppard. And this week on the show, I have a real superstar superintendent out of the state of Texas. Wade Stanford is the superintendent of Westwood ISD, which is located in Palestine, Texas. Wade is an absolutely incredible leader and has done some really powerful things in his district not only leading through the pandemic, but leading into success. He will share with you some really powerful stuff, including his focus on organizational excellence, the work they've done to create not just a profile of a learner, but also the profile of an employee, four total profiles. And I'll let Wade tell you about that in the show. And finally, Wade's going to talk a little bit about, as leaders, how we answer the bell for kids. Before we get to Wade, let me remind you just real quick about the opportunity that exists for you and your leadership team. I mean, let's be honest. We've all been in those professional development opportunities where you're wondering, how does this really help me be a better leader? That's why I've created high-performance leadership teams from Road to Awesome. Each and every leadership team is unique. Every leadership team is different in their components, the way they're made up as a team. Every individual brings something different to the group. But what happens when you're intentional about putting that leadership team all on the same page? We're not leaving anything up to chance. We're not just hoping that it works out. No, we are intentional about being clear on what we value, on what we see as that ideal vision of our organization and how we are going to align our strengths, our behaviors, our decision-making all to help us reach that ideal scenario. That's what High Performance Leadership Teams is all about. A two-day intensive workshop just for you and your leadership team. If it's something you're interested in, please reach out, hit me up in an email, Darren M. Peppard at roadtoawesome.net. That's Darren M. Peppard at roadtoawesome.net. I would love to work with your leadership team and get you on the road to awesome. Now, speaking of awesome, Wade Stanford, the work he is doing and leading at Westwood ISD is absolutely phenomenal. Enjoy this episode. All right, Wade, thank you so much for joining me here on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. It is truly an honor to, to have you on and to have a conversation with you today. Oh, Darren, I'm, I tell you what, man, I'm, I'm stoked and fired up to be able to do this. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity just to come in and uh, to uh, just spend some time with you and, and just have a conversation about leadership, man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's Obviously, you know, that's for both of us, that's a big passion of ours, leadership. Oh, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be fun yeah, to see where this a, conversation ends up going. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, a, I think it's, I think, it, you know, as we've visited just a little bit, just, it's just our passion. But then I think it's also just the, the root of everything that's, that we, 
to go forward, the root of everything that's positive, you know, and the, and the, the serving kids and things like that. I think it's just all based on, on leadership and having really solid leadership throughout our organizations. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. And I know a lot of the folks that tune in to leaning into uh, leaning into leadership, um, that's, that's what they're looking for. I mean, they're looking for, you know, maybe that one gold nugget or, you know, that one idea or that one concept that could help them be a more successful leader in whatever role they have, you know, classroom teacher, or maybe it's somebody who's out in the business world, or it's a, you know, a principal or, or a superintendent or whatever the case may be. So before we dive too far into um, wherever, wherever our road is going to take us on, on this conversation, um, share just a little bit with, uh, with our listeners about who Wade Stanford is, um, you know, kind of maybe a little bit of like your origin story, not the whole thing, but maybe, yeah. maybe that piece that you're like, Hey, this is a piece about me as a leader that maybe others need to know, or that's maybe unique from what other people's origin stories are like. Yeah. So thanks, Darren. I appreciate it. Uh, so just a little bit about me, a little bit of the journey that I've been on in, uh, in leadership, uh, capacity. Um, this is, I'm, I'm in my 39th year in education. And, uh, I was thinking about that before we got on and Ooh, I, I really, really started, yeah, 39. <laughs> I really started feeling old, uh, at that point, uh, and thinking of all the changes that have occurred over that time. Um, and I think a, a unique journey for me, I started out as a classroom teacher and, uh, and football coach and, and coached track and did some basketball and baseball along the way, uh, but uh, taught biology, uh, health, PE, um, those type things, uh, and a little bit more in the science area, uh, but did a classroom teacher uh, coach uh, piece. Eventually moved into an athletic director, head football coach uh, role. From there, I moved into an assistant principal role and then a campus principal, high school campus principal, two different districts in, in Texas. Uh, then moved into an HR uh, role in central office, an assistant superintendent role. And then I'm in my sixth year as a superintendent in Westwood ISD, which is in Palestine, Texas, out East Texas, uh, about two hours away from Dallas. And so when you start looking at the, the origin piece of me, uh, I think it's the, uh, the, the thing that really lights my fire and gets me going for leadership is this piece of uh, continual growth, this piece of being better that, uh, that is, is saying what we did today is not good enough tomorrow. And, and sometimes that's hard. Uh, on people, but there's a piece of we're always striving to be better every single day. And so where that has developed over time is is what we use this phrase in our district is organizational excellence, that we're, we're continuously striving for excellence. We're, stri we're striving for our entire organization to be excellent. Um, and, and I was just having a conversation with our athletic director just a little bit ago um, that, um, you know, that gets me out of bed every morning to get up and say, let's try, let's strive to be excellent. Let's strive to overcome the challenge that's put in front of us today. And we've had a lot of challenges in the last two years. And so um, I think that's, that's what really gets me going. I think that's the origin for me. It's what drove me into administration. Uh, literally, I was on a couple of uh, screening committees for campus principals. 
And uh, both times I went home and I told my wife, I said, oh, my gosh, I could uh, I think I could do as good as our candidates are doing. And the second time she looked at me and she said, well, if you think you're that good, why don't you try doing it? And that's what spurred me into it and uh, was to try to do those things that that I dreamed as a as a classroom teacher. What would that be like to empower teachers? I just love that so much. I mean, you know, going back through through so much of that journey. And first off, there, there are definitely some parallels uh, with, with the two of us. Um, I coach football. I was never a head football coach, but I was a head basketball coach. But I was uh, like you. I also taught biology, but um, I didn't teach PE. I, I taught anatomy and physiology and, and biology, but um, definitely some some similarities there with, you know, with the coaching and and teaching. And, and, and you know, I mean, when, when it comes back to it, you know, when we talk about we talk about leadership. I think about those coaching positions being such a great proving ground or or a developmental ground for for leaders. And not that you had to be a head coach to be a successful leader. And there's probably some head coaches who weren't successful leaders. But when you lead a program as a head football coach, as a head basketball coach, and I'll throw in this because I think this is the hardest non-administrative role in a high school the band director, well, you talk about leading a program, holy cow, what, what yes. those folks do. <laughs> but, but when you have led a program like that, the leadership stuff, I think starts to develop a little bit earlier and you start to start to kind of see things from the balcony a little sooner. Um, you know, working with people who, who came in as assistant principals and, and so forth that had not, you know, had those types of roles, not, not that they struggled, but man, to see the whole picture, especially as a, a head football coach in Texas, to see the whole picture, you got to see that very, very soon, or you're probably not going to be a head football coach very long. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, and, and you're exactly right. Cause you won't, because I think this, that, so two things I thought about when you were, you were talking about, cause I do love that seeing it from the balcony piece, because I think what you do is you see the impact of this decision and the ripple effect that it has. And, and so that, I think that's a huge piece of leadership as we start thinking about it is when I make a decision, it's not just for me, it's not just for my program, it's not just for my department, just for my campus, but that impact starts to impact everybody and impact in ways that we don't know. And then I think the other thing that when you start leading those programs, I think it starts to reveal I think there's a refinement and a development, but it starts to reveal gaps. And then you have the opportunity to respond to those gaps. Because uh, I know that I can still remember uh, early on as a uh, position coach. And oh, actually, I was an offensive coordinator and a position coach. And I had running backs in a meeting with a parent. And that parent looked at me and said, you're, you're saying one thing but your body is saying something totally different. And what it revealed to me is I had to start working on my body language because I was not doing very well at that. And she was picking up some things that I didn't realize I was giving off in my, in my face and my body, which that helped me so much as a leader when I'm standing in before a community and talking about a bond package and somebody in the community is verbally challenging me multiple times. 
and I have to keep my body language positive when inside every fiber in my body is screaming. And, and so that's the piece that you have to think about. And then the, the long impact of things, when somebody says something in a, in a committee meeting and I don't like it, I have to think about what the long goal is, where are we trying to go? And I can't respond to that. And so I think you're exactly right. Those, those, those times of being a band director, Oh my gosh, Shayla Skeef, our band director, does an amazing job with her program. You know, just qualified for the state marching contest this last year. Just amazing. Our our coaches and then the programs I've worked in, uh, that that's truly a, a, a ground to to refine those skills. Oh, absolutely. And you know, you you're talking a little bit about you know listening and the connection to your body language. And uh, to me, I think this is one of maybe one of the more overlooked skills while at the same time, the most important, arguably the most important skill that a leader can bring to the table. So dropping a little leadership tip here, actually picking up on weights and running with it. Um, when you listen, if you're listening to respond, which, which is when your body language is going to separate from what you're actually doing or what you're saying, that only leads to trouble. But when you're actually listening to hear, not composing that response, we've all done that, right? I mean, where, where you're in those situations and, and somebody's talking, you're talking about the parent who, you know, wants to argue about, um, about a bond issue, you know, and in your head, you could be thinking, well, you're wrong here, you're wrong here, and you're wrong here. But as leaders, we have to, nope, I'm going to listen to hear and not focus on, you know, creating my response. I think that's a huge challenge for leaders. It's like when, yeah. when you go from, from good to great, that's one of the big leaps right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll live in extent. And so we, this might, the only thing we talk about, but uh, I, I want to okay with me. On that. Yeah. Uh, so I think is listening to hear and then, and I, and I think there's a difference here, listening to understand, listening mm -hmm. to understand, not just what they're saying, but listen to understand their emotions, listen to understand where they're coming from. And then, and this is what I, I talked to our leadership team about, listening to what's not said. Where do they drop off the phrase? They start and they stop the phrase. They never finish a sentence. Listen for that. Listen for the, the words that they start to say, but they won't say because they're indications of, of, of pain, indications of, of trouble, turmoil in their lives, or their indications of the root cause. And so it's truly listening for what they don't say, and then trying to listen to understand, because all they're trying to do is communicate something that's probably outside the capacity that they have at that moment, because they're emotional about something. They're, they're very passionate about it. And so they're actually trying to communicate and they can't do it. So I think that's part of our job as a leader. And I think that does go from good to great is when you can do that and keep yourself in check. And so that's, that, that would bring us into a whole talk topic about emotional intelligence and, and those yeah. things and, you know, and, and really digging deep into that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I, I got to put this piece in and then may, maybe we'll come back to the script. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But um, 
you know, working with, um, I work with a handful of superintendents, you know, around the country right now with, you know, with the leadership consulting and leadership development, but working with a superintendent recently and spending time with that person and their, their whole leadership team, something really stood out to me that I was always very intentional about, but I had not picked up on it with this individual yet um, until this particular moment. And I'll tell the story in a minute, but I want to ask you a question first. And you you will probably inevitably tell the story without telling the story. You probably, I hope, I think you're going to tell the opposite story. But when you're in those meetings with your leadership team and you're working on a problem or putting a strategy together, who talks first in that room and who talks last? So I talk last. Um, I, I, uh, I, I let them talk first. Uh, it's intentional um, because in my, my, my belief system is when I talk, everybody adopts what I say and then they, it stifles the conversation. But I really want them to talk. I want to hear their input and I want to get their conversation going is what I want to do because there's lots of wisdom in the room. Absolutely. And the, and the smartest person in the room is the room. So, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you find yourself as being the smartest person all the time, you're probably in the wrong room. <laughs> go find another room. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and that, and that was my advice to this individual um, because I found that they tended to talk first and tended to even, even sometimes interrupt um, other, other leaders in the room. And, and I had a conversation with him later and just said, Hey, I want you to think about something. And, and it was a strategy I learned from the principal that I worked under as an assistant principal, uh, Randy Wendling, an incredible, incredible principal. He's a county commissioner now in Wyoming. He does a fantastic job with that. But what Doc always did was exactly what you just described. He just sat back and let everybody else talk. And usually what he was doing was paraphrasing what he heard in the room. Now, could it have been what Doc had in mind all along? Quite possibly, but that didn't matter because what it did was everybody in the room felt value. Everybody felt like, hey, number one, I was heard. Number two, what I said was valued. Even if we didn't do it, it was valued. You know, it wasn't just, you know, Randy came in and said, this is what we're going to do. So, you know, we, we talk about listening. One of those big pieces about listening, like you said, to understand is shut your mouth and let others talk. And as a leader, talk last. Yeah. Yeah, Darren, I'll tell you. So there's a joke in our meetings. If I ask a question, somebody will typically, if, they, if somebody doesn't start answering real quick, uh, typically Shanita, our elementary principal, will say, oh, folks, he's got great wait time. You better, you better start talking because they know I'm going to wait. They know I'm going to wait for him. But yeah, I, yeah think, I just think that's so yeah. valuable because, man, as a leader, we can actually dictate a direction that everybody may not want to go or may have some hesitations or may need some explanation just because we want to get out in front and voice it. And everybody just says, yeah, that's it. And I, and I get worried that as leaders, we don't let the ideals just be formed in there. So we talk about collaborative meetings and, and when we talk about collaborative meetings, most of the time in schools, this is what it looks like. We walk in, the leader says, hey, I got this, we've got this problem. Here's what I think we need to do. What do y'all think? 
And then everybody says, yeah, that's a great idea. Fantastic. And he comes back and says, we collaborate on that. And we've, and this is what we decided. What we talk about in collaboration is we walk in and say, here's our problem. What do y'all think? And the, the solution is formed in the room. So it's developed while we're sitting in the room. That's what I believe is true collaboration. Oh, and I would agree with you a hundred percent. You know, when, when you come in the door with, you know, with the answer already there um, and, and let's be honest, I mean, there are those crisis moments where as the leader, you just say, here's what we're doing. And yeah, those, there's you're, moments you're, that we have to do that. Yeah. yeah. But your leaders will thank you for that. And they'll say, I mean, I've had two or three of those in my career too. And, and my leadership team was like, that was great leadership today. Thank you. Um, but I, I want, I just want to hit one more thing on this point and then, and then I'm going to jump to another question, but what you just described, uh, especially with, you know, with your elementary principal who says, you know, Hey, he's got great wait time, that modeling that you do. And it's not just modeling it for them so that they'll go and replicate it. I mean, it's just truly how you do business, but you are growing leaders every time you do that. Because now they are going to go and whether they do that in their own school or eventually, you know, they go on to, you know, take another role somewhere else, which as a leader, that's part of our responsibility, too, is to cultivate leaders. The more you model that for them, the more they're going to go and replicate that. And that's just growing great leaders, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's our charge as leaders, because really, honestly, if you're not doing that, I don't know that you're truly leading. Uh, and, and I used to say as a campus principal, if I hire you as an assistant principal and you're not ready and not prepared to be a principal in three years, I have failed you. So my job is to do that. My assistant superintendents all the time. I'm saying, I'm trying to prepare you. I'm trying to prepare you to sit in the chair. I had a great mentor, Rob O'Connor, uh, that did that for me when I was a, a high school principal, when I was HR director, and then when I was assistant superintendent. He prepared me for that. He gave me that opportunity. And so I think that's really true, great leadership when you do that. Well, and I think that, I mean, that leads to, you know, you being able to walk the walk around, you know, your call sign of organizational excellence, you know. We're, we're going to model it through how we listen, how we speak, how we lead, you know, how we treat others. You've talked about culture. I mean, just so many pieces that without those elements there, you can say organizational element excellence all you want, but that mean anything. I mean, you got to walk the walk. And so, so that takes me, that kind of takes me into maybe a, a little more specific with your district um, and, and the leadership, both you and your leadership team are, are doing right now. Let's, let's be honest. You and I've had this conversation a couple of times. Um, this is a hard time to be a leader. I mean, it really is. There's so many different challenges that exist out there right now. And there's, you know, so much negativity on the playlist that if we choose to dial into and listen to, you know, mask, no mask, max, you know, no vax and vax, no mask, mask, um, red, blue, uh, remote, in-person, I mean, just on and on and on. And it, it can really, it can suck the life out of a leader, let's be honest. So um, I know things in your school district are going well. So let's, let's maybe talk a little bit about, 
what are maybe one or two challenges that you've faced and how you've overcome those. And then we're going to loop back and we're going to talk about some of the successes because I know there's definitely some great successes happening in Westwood. Yeah. Yeah. And, and man, I tell you what, it is, um, it is a challenging time and, and we're not through it. We're, we're not finished with it. And, 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 and so I could get into a big debate about that, but, um, but yeah, I was at a, con- a little leadership summit, tech and learning, did a leadership summit in Dallas uh, Monday and I was there Monday and with lots of different leaders from around Texas. And, uh, and we, we were sitting there and we started talking about, we shut down in March of 2020 and remembering what that was like when in Texas, things were changing by the minute, not by the hour, not by the day, but guidance was changing by the minute. We might make a decision and 10 minutes later, that decision had changed. And so we've been going through that. And then I looked at them and there was about four of us sitting there and I said, but think of what we've done since 2020, you know, what have we done since 2020? Well, in Westwood, we're one-to-one now, and we weren't one-to-one. And we did that in about a week. That would have taken us, Darren, three years to do, four years to do yeah. one-to-one in a regular year. Every single teacher in our district had to go remote. And every single teacher in days went to Google Classroom and put a Google Classroom together and started putting lessons on that in days. And we, we purchased hotspots. We did all of that. So I think that is our, our challenges. Those are the things that we're challenged. And now I think we're challenged with fatigue. We're challenged with, I'm tired. I'm, I'm fatigued from these things. Um, you know, and, and I, I think that's a, a piece that we talked about. We got We have to have conversations about that because if not, we're going to stay fatigued forever. Um, you know, and, and in the midst of all of this, we we were in the midst of trying to, to pass a bond for our district. And we actually, so we had, we had two failed attempts and we were getting ready, gearing up for our revamp of our long range steering committee. And we were one week away from starting those meetings when we shut down in March of 2020. And then we had to pause during a period and came back and did that in the midst of COVID. Like I still remember those meetings and we had 50 people in a big room with masks on and, and just those. And so the, you know, those are challenges, challenges with attendance, challenges with enrollment, challenges with funding. Uh, those are things that I think we're facing. I think everybody's facing, um, but I think we continuously try to pull it back to kids. What's, what's it, what's best for kids, you know, um, tough challenges, tough challenges. But, but what that says is that we better step up as leaders. We better, we, we've got to answer the bell right now. And, and we see it across the United States leaders that are, are making the decision that this isn't the time for them to lead. And, and I respect that, but, uh, I'll tell you, uh, you want to get me fired up and you want to get me going. Let's talk about answering the bell. Let's answer the bell for kids right now. And that's, that's, this is the time that we need to lead and, and there's challenges, but 
I, I, I just get really passionate about this because, because I didn't sign up. I didn't sign up to be a leader in the good times. I didn't sign up to be a leader when it was easy. I didn't sign up to be a leader when everybody comes to a board meeting and says, oh, you're doing a great job. This is fantastic. We signed up to lead. And, 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 and really, I think that's where we're at today is uh, it's time for us to rise up and start leading. I love that. You know, I, I had a conversation with a school leader in Tennessee a couple of weeks ago, and um, he's this particular individual is a high school principal. And he said something that um, I think ties in just so, so well with what you're saying. And I, I think this is one of the big, big differences that are existing in, in different pockets around the country. Um, this particular individual who I think is a phenomenal school leader. I've known him, known him for a handful of years and um, the, the work he does. And he's like me, he's a culture first leader. I mean, he's really going to focus on the, on the culture, but, but anyway, what he had said to me, I just thought was so profound and I'll, I'll say it and then I'll just let you kind of wherever it takes you, we'll just see where it goes. But he was struggling with feeling like as, as a high school principal, 1400 kids, whatever he's got on his campus, that, he has been relegated so much more to a manager than to being a leader. You know, there's just so many other pieces that are not even organizational management, just, just some real generic management stuff. And what he said to me was right now, more than ever, our leaders need leadership. I think he really felt like, that was something he wasn't getting. And, and I, don't, I don't know if that was his soup, if that was his state level, if that was the national level. I don't know, you know, exactly where he was with that. But when, when you hear that leaders need leadership, what what does that make you think about? Where does where does that take your head? Yeah. So it's convicting, um, you know, and, and reflecting over that. Um, I think. I'm reading a, a, a book, uh, Terry Greer uh, recommended it on Twitter and called Spirit Work and uh, just got just kind of started digging into it. And, I, and I'm thinking about what the leader leaders need leadership in, in this book. It talks about during COVID, some school districts excelled, some school districts fell backwards. The school districts that excelled were collaborators they work together. The school districts that went backwards, that uh, that didn't progress, worked in silos and they weren't collaborative. When we when we shut down, we had to find a different way to collaborate uh, than we did before. But if you were a collaborator, you found a way to collaborate. And and so I think when I hear that leaders need leadership and we're relegated to managers, what I think of is I'm accepting the way things are and I'm just going to do my I'm just going to do my duty. And and where I get is I really don't care what they're saying it is. I'm fixing to lead in this and we're fixing to go forward. We're fixing to do great things in the midst of this. And in spite of this, we're going to move forward and we're going to find a way to do it. And we've done that and we're proud of that and we're excited for that. And I, and I think that if, when I said it was convicting and I was reflecting, I was sitting there real quick thinking, oh my gosh, I hope nobody ever said we need leadership right now. 
Because if so, I failed them because that's our job. But then I think as a campus principal, it's your job to lead that campus. It's your job to be out front. It's your job to show. It's your job to be there when it's hard, you know, uh, in the middle of all of this. I did something I'd never done before. Uh, I'm not a Facebook person. My wife is, she loves it. Uh, she, she gets the, you know, that's where she gets a lot of information that I know, I tell her all the time. I know that's factual cause it was on Facebook, but, uh, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but in the middle of all of this, I started doing Facebook lives about every two weeks and just to tell our community, here's where we're at. This is what we're doing. This is what, what's going on. And I shared this the Monday at, a, at this little summit. And I said, so I did the Facebook Live. I had my staff, was, some of my staff was in the room. We tried to limit how many that was. And they had Facebook pulled up on their, on their devices. And then they had a computer that they were typing questions on a screen that was projected up where I could see the questions. And I took live questions. And it made no difference. I might be talking about these are our, our COVID protocols. I might have been talking about this is graduation procedure. This is our grading procedure. This is whatever. This is our back to school procedure. But they could ask any question. And I answered any question that night, every night. And somebody says, well, did it go crazy? And I said, no, they didn't because they respected the fact that we were sitting there live talking to them. And I literally started there in nearly every meeting saying, listen, I'm just going to tell y'all, we're trying to do the best we can. We're making a lot of mistakes, but we're trying to do the best we can for your kiddos. It is our first pandemic. Like it's your first pandemic. We really don't know how to handle this. And we're going to cover this, this, and this. By the time we get off this call, because we try to keep on about 30 to 40 minutes. I said, by the time we get off more than likely, the information I tell you is going to have changed but we're trying to do the best we can. And so I think that as we're going into things like this right now, I think you're right. We need leadership and we got to figure out what that is and what that looks like in each one of our communities. Absolutely. I, I think, I think you're spot on. And I love how you talked about, you know, the, the districts that were successful were the ones that really collaborated and the ones that maybe, you know, fell backwards were the ones that stayed stuck in their silos. And, um, I've definitely heard some stories from from both sides of that, and and uh, and lived one of those as well. So, um, final question, uh, same question I ask every guest on the Leaning into Leadership podcast, and again, this is one you can go with it where you choose. But the title of the podcast is Leaning into Leadership. So, Wade, right now, what is one way or a couple of ways that you are leaning into leadership? Yeah, so I think that um, you talked about this earlier, growing capacity. So I'm, I'm real passionate about growing capacity, growing capacity in our leaders in our uh, on our leadership team. Uh, every single person trying to figure out a way. We we have one of our belief statements that everybody's a leader. They lead from where they're at. Uh, that's one of our belief statements. And so we believe that every kid, every teacher, every custodian, every bus driver, every single person in our district's a leader. So we're trying to lead from where we're at. So growing in that, I think it's also growing leaders in our community. You know, I talked about that long range steering committee. Um, we met, oh my gosh, we met more over one topic than I've ever met in my life over a topic. And that was, uh, how do we deliver instruction? And then are our facilities at that level? 
And so we developed uh, with those people, we went through a, a really long process and nearly a year long process of meetings and, and, and just working on developing their leadership, developing a profile of, an, of a learner, profile of an educator, profile of a leader, profile of the learning spaces. So we developed four documents in the middle of COVID that will guide us in the future. Uh, from that, we were able to pass the first bond in 42 years in our district. And uh, only the second superintendent in the history of the school district to pass a bond. Uh, and so that I look back on that and I think of the people that stepped up in that meeting and became leaders in that meeting. And, and so it's not when we talk about leading into uh, you know, leading, leading into or leading, leaning into the leading part <laughs> that uh it's, it's not just on your campus, it's not just in your office, but it's everywhere you're at in life. It's every single person that you're in. And so it's just building that capacity. And then I think it's just connecting with people like you, uh, connecting with some of the people that you've had on your show uh, through Twitter, through other places, and, and, just, and just doing life with them and, and learning uh, because we're never finished learning, never. Uh, absolutely. hundred percent, man. I appreciate that. It's um, as always, I mean, it was, it was great to have a conversation with you today. I really appreciate that. I hope, I know that our learners are going to take so much value from this conversation. I, I certainly do. And uh, I'm grateful for, for having you on and, and just want to say, you know, once again, you know, a big thank you for being part of the leaning into leadership podcast. Man, I appreciate it very much. I, uh, it's been a blast and, uh, you know, just, uh, it's a thrill to be able to talk about leadership and, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully something, hopefully something that we talked about will resonate with somebody. Right on. I'm sure that it will. All right. Once again, just a big thank you to Wade Stanford for coming on the leading into leadership podcast. He laid out a bunch of gold nuggets for each and every one of us to take away and really examine our own practices. You know, it can be very easy for leaders in those difficult times to retreat away and to kind of pull away from from folks and to try to protect themselves. But as Wade said right there, you know, he didn't go into leadership just for when it's easy. When it's difficult, that's when we really as leaders have to rise up and answer the bell for kids. Again, I love that so very much how he talked about that. If you would like to reach out and communicate with Wade, if you want to be following him on social media, all of his information can be found in the show notes. Again, big thank you to Wade Stanford, a superstar superintendent that all of us can definitely learn a lot about leadership from. Now, it's time for a pep talk. In today's pep talk, I want to talk a little bit about pursuing goals. You know, each and every one of us have a goal or even a set of goals that we want to try and accomplish. But oftentimes, we'll say this is our goal, but then we don't take the steps that are necessary to set ourselves up for success. Maybe we've got that long view. It could be a goal for an entire year, for example. As a keynote speaker, I have a goal of a certain number of keynote events that I want to speak at. But I can't just simply sit back and hope that when we get to December of 2022 that I've achieved that goal. I have to be intentional and I have to take steps along the way to make sure that I'll be hitting the goal. 
In fact, I have to take it back to what am I doing this month to make sure I'm on track to achieve that goal and take it a step further. What am I doing this week to make sure I'm on track for this month to put myself on track for this goal? Folks, if we just sit back and we just hope that we achieve our goals, we're not going to meet the expectation we have for ourselves. We're just simply hoping, and that's not a very good strategy. Instead, consider this. Take a look at whatever goal it is that you've set, or maybe even re-examine your goal. Maybe reset that goal for right now. Then work it backwards. Backwards map so that you know in order to achieve this goal by a certain time, I have to do this each month, and then I have to do this each week. Maybe it's even, I have to do this today. Maybe your goal is you want to read a certain number of books this year. Well, in order for that to happen, you probably need to read a certain number of pages each day in order for that to be accomplished. So take a deep look at your, at your goals. Think about just exactly how am I going to get there. I know what I want to do. Now let's backwards map it, think it through, and say, all right, this is how I am going to go and crush my goals. I will tell you, if you're looking for some additional support on your goals, reach out. Let's have a conversation. An incredible coaching program called Open Road, something that I do in partnership with Dr. Brandon Beck, who is an absolute rock star when it comes to personal development. If you haven't heard of or purchased Brandon's book, it's Unlocking Unlimited Potential. It is an absolutely incredible book. Check it out. If you'd like to learn more about the work that Brandon and I do with the Open Road program, go to roadtoawesome.net and take a look at our services. I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. I appreciate the opportunity to connect and network with each and every one of you. Get out and have a Road to Awesome week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning into Leadership podcast brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.